Hello and welcome back to the daily objective. Today it's going to be me again, as yesterday, usually behind the scenes, but I'm in front of the camera again. And also Michael is joining me. Hey, Michael. Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm all right. So before we talk about the actual topic, we have a couple of news updates. So first, uh, Biden asked Netanyahu to pause for three days to, uh, and I think the reason to pause basically the military action for three days. And apparently it's so Hamas can release more hostages, which at least to me seem a bit weird since today they only release two hostages. Uh, do you have anything to comment on this, Michael? I think the whole idea of a pause is stupid. I really don't know what else to say about it. It's it's dumb. So talking about the stupidity stupidity of pause, Israel is going to pause for four hours every day. Uh, maybe not every day. From uh, it's unclear if they meant it like every day or every other day or something like that. But they are going to pause to basically allow for uh, humanitarian aid or so. Uh, people from Gaza, from the north, can evacuate to the south. Uh, and one more thing is the drone. Uh, th there was a drone hit on Eliyat, which is a Israeli town on the south. And apparently it was likely fired from Yemen. So from the uh, from the Houthi or like in Yemen, there's a civil war. I was like researching this last week, so I learned about Yemen a lot now. Uh, there is like a civil war, and one part is actually firing rockets all the way from Yemen to uh, to Israel. Uh, it doesn't seem like Israel is gonna do any is going to have any response. Uh, uh, so I'm wondering what they are waiting for. If they are waiting for until someone actually dies from these attacks. Uh, anything you'd like to say before we go to the main topic, Michael? Uh, well, I believe Yemen has waged war on Israel, so it wouldn't be surprising that they were shooting rockets at them. And, it, you know, I mean, the military strategy is not my strong suit by any stretch of the imagination, but it may just be that Israel doesn't want to stretch itself too thin by, you know, respond to Yemen and then maybe they get Syria launch or something or who knows who else uh, Lebanon and then you end up fighting on all these different fronts and they can't cut it maybe that's why perhaps Yemen's just not that big of a threat I, I ultimately don't know uh well we might see in the upcoming days so today we're going to talk about uh the corruption let's say I'm not even sure if you can there is something besides corruption when it comes to uh, Hamas leadership uh, but there's been this article about uh, top three leaders and how much uh, of a net worth they have. And it turned out they together have about 11 million and are able to enjoy a very luxurious life in Qatar. And I think I have even the specific uh, numbers just to mention them. So there's Hanye, uh, uh, who... Presides over one of the world's wealthiest terrorist groups. He's worth uh, four billion. Then there's Abu Marzouk, a senior political leader. He is worth three billion. And then there's Mashal, who issued a global threat against Jews after the October seventh atrocities, and he's worth uh, four billion. Which was really surprising to learn because I also looked up the GDP of all of Palestine, not just Gaza, 
and it's actually less. It's 10 billion. Although to be fair, I think the one I looked up is like from 2012. Uh, I'm not sure how much economical growth it, Palestine had. But well, Daniel, it, uh, I think we need to be a little bit precise in, in our, our language here. There is no Palestine. There's no country called Palestine. There's people that call themselves Palestinians and they have territories, but there is no Palestine. Nor has there ever been a state called Palestine ever. I just, I just, I like to be clear about that because people always often say Israel and Palestine as if mm. there's two states. There's mm. just Israel. And of course, uh, Gaza and the West Bank, but those are not countries either. Uh, fair enough. And then uh, I looked up also specifically if we are talking about Gaza, uh, the GDP is about two billion, which is the actual area Hamas controls over uh so michael what, what do you think what were your first thoughts when you read this article when you heard about this story well it doesn't say how they got rich it does say that they get significant funding from qatar and iran uh, i think it said maybe said turkey as well but i'm not positive or one of them stayed in turkey but even the money that they cited coming from those countries wouldn't amount to 11 billion dollars so i don't really know where they they get the money from Calling them corrupt, I, I mean, I, I get what we're we're getting at, but you're talking about a barbaric homicidal organization. I, I, I mean, they're corrupt by definition almost. You know what I mean? They they are what they are. So mostly, I just the fact that these leaders get eleven billion dollars. That's like to me the least troubling thing about this organization. Like I really don't. I mean, not that I don't care about it, but they're murdering. Jews, they're murdering Israelis. That to me was important. And to argue, like, I'm not really sure what benefit it has to bring this stuff into the discourse. Because if somebody out there is not convinced that Hamas is bad based on the fact that they murder people and rape women and kill children, the fact that their leaders are worth $11 million, I don't think is going to be the deciding factor to push anybody over to the Israeli side. Well, I, I'm thinking if if I would like do a devil's advocate, maybe the only like justification for it or not justification, but the the way someone someone would be convinced by this is the fact that like these money are not actually going to the Palestinians. Uh, but increasingly when I'm like uh, hearing the news from this, I'm, I'm wondering how much people who support Hamas, who support Palestine, uh, even care about the individual Palestinians. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, so, so I'm wondering if this story will actually like change anyone's mind. Well, about... it, it, maybe in this sense, there's a possibility is that the idiotic leftists, for instance, in America, that they are they're they claim to be fighting for the plight of the the Palestinian. The Palestinian people are being oppressed, they're they're poor, they're starving, whatever. But in the Arab world, in in the Muslim world, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with we don't want Jews in the Middle East. That's what has been causing the problem from the get-go from the establishment of the Jewish state. It's been about no Jews. It hasn't been about, well, we're poor. There's poor people in other Arab countries, but you know they're not all upset about that. They're upset about this because of the Jews. Now, the idiotic leftists that I mentioned that are in America, 
they, I mean, the, the people of their ilk ignored what was happening in the Soviet Union, for God's sake. They didn't care about that. They didn't care about the slaughter of civilians and the, you know, the, the starving of the kulaks and nobody, you know, the leftists over here weren't concerned about that. So I just don't see them being all that persuadable by the fact that you have these corrupt billionaires. They might say yes, but then the problem is get rid of those corrupt billionaires. They're not going to determine then that Hamas itself is the issue. They The problem is ultimately, Daniel, is that they don't like Israel. They look at Israel as an oppressive force and that's all. And then if you go to the, to the far right haters of Israel, it's the same thing. They just don't like Israel. They don't like the fact that there's an Israeli state and that's, that's all it is. So the, the concern about corruption in Hamas isn't going to persuade them either. doesn't mean that it shouldn't be pointed out. I mean, if it's the truth, it's the truth. And the truth should, you know, is always worth knowing. But as far as persuasion goes, I just don't see it as the very, a very effective strategy. Could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but I, I don't think I am this time. Yeah, you definitely see this uh, like a complete lack of principles. We'll talk about one politician a bit later. Uh, but a, a lot of people, when you mentioned the people from the right, they hide their hatred of Israel sometime be, behind their kind of libertarian foreign policy or non-interventionist foreign policy, like, oh, U.S. shouldn't send money to Ukraine or to Israel because... Uh, U.S. just should, uh, shouldn't like send money, but they always like start with Israel and they always start with Ukraine right. and don't mention the other countries. Uh, so that's why I'm always wondering if is this really your like somewhat principled positions position or do you start with okay I don't like Israel. Uh, what can I come up with for a reason to not support them? Well, I, I'm a non-interventionist. I don't believe that the United States of America should be giving money to Israel. I don't think we should be giving money to Ukraine. I nevertheless recognize that Hamas and Israel uh, are not morally equivalent. One is a civilized government, a civilized country trying to live in peace, and the other are barber, barbarian religionists who want to kill people in the name of their God who think it's their land and they're willing to murder over it. So, you know, that's, that, that's a big issue with me, with the people who say that they, you know, they, they're just non-interventionists because if you then look further into their comments, you'll often hear them say things such as the Zionist regime or the Zionist occupying, uh, you know, force, or they re refer to the, I think it's the IDF and they, they point out how, oh, they're killing civilians. So if they're really just opposed to foreign aid or, or they're opposed to intervention, then you can oppose that on principle, but still point out that Israel is right in this situation. They have a right to exist and have a right to obliterate Hamas. Uh, so maybe we can move on to talk about Qatar a, a little bit. So something that happened last year, Qatar was granted this special status from, uh, from America, basically designing them as a and um, uh, let me just look up this special t uh, status in the top tier of America's non-NATO allies. Uh, some of them of this special status include also Israel, Taiwan, South Korea, Australia, and Japan. And specifically in the Middle East, it's also Kuwait and Bahrain. And uh, one one politician, Ogles, uh, 
or is that the name of the politician or the name of the bill? Oh yeah, uh, it's the name of the politician. Andy Ogles is uh, sponsoring a bill that would strip uh, Qatar of this special status. And the reason that he gives is that Qatar, one, uh, it keeps uh, these Hamas leaders in its hotels uh, and is supporting Hamas. Uh, so before we talk about Ogle specifically, what do you think about this bill? Do you think Qatar should have this special status as a US ally? No, I don't. And I, I don't ultimately know the point of this, except for you know the, the resources that they have in the Middle East. So then we end up designating countries over there. What what's its special ally or, or I mean, if America's going to war, do we really need Qatar as our special ally to help? I'm guessing no. But for some reason they are, whether it be the oil or because it, we can have bases there and, and and we think it positions us well. The bottom line is that they're that they're from what I could gather, and I'm no expert on, on Qatar, but they're a corrupt country like Saudi Arabia. And I think we'll be able to talk about this a little bit more, but the problem ultimately boils down to the mixed nature of the morality of America. And then you end up siding with countries or allying with countries of, you know, very irreparable or immoral. And people say, well, it's for strategic reasons, pragmatic reasons. But when you do that, you end up losing your moral superiority and it makes it very difficult to make arguments, for instance, like why people should support Israel. And we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, and maybe I'll make it a little bit more clear what I mean. Yeah, and definitely this pragmatic approach of let's just support anyone who fights our enemies is what completely destroys any kind of morality. We just had a right. video on the briefly objective, uh, I think it was with James Valiant, who talked about uh, how we supported uh the Afghanistan, I, I think it's Mujahideen against the Soviet Union, just right. because Soviet Union was atheist. Uh, that was, I believe, under Ronald Reagan. Uh, you know, beforehand, we supported Soviet Union against the Nazis. Uh, and yeah, all these. I, I Well, this yeah. is ultimately you're making the point for one of the reasons I'm a non-interventionist is because we get involved in World War One, for instance, to to back our allies, Britain, and France. Then what ends up happening as a result of World War One, you end up with Hitler. Now we got to fight Hitler. So what do we do? We end up siding with the Soviet Union. That turns half of Europe into a slave pen for what fifty years, because we did that, and then we end up having to fight proxy wars against the Soviet Union, like you you said in Afghanistan. So we end up back in the Mujahideen. And then they end up turning on us and we have to go to war with them. We also backed Iraq against Iran and then we end up going to war with Iraq. And a lot of that could just be avoided by not getting ourselves involved with these unsavory people and unsavory countries. Uh, so one thing I also wanted to talk about uh, while we were talking about this unprincipled and complete personality disorder nature of all US politicians, I, I tried to look up uh, Andy Ogles, uh, he's a Republican who sponsored this bill to strip Qatar of this special status. Because uh, I think I would maybe support, like I, I cannot see a good reason why we should ally ourselves, especially with these dictatorial nations. Uh, and when you look up his positions, it's, it starts pretty nice. It's like, oh, he's a fiscal conservative. 
and he's a he's a free marketeer and he's he said the uh, election in 2020 was stolen and he hates gays and he's uh, uh, anti roe v wade and right. i think what else well he's anti abortion and all this uh and it's like well y- you can never like get happy about any politician because no. everything is so uh i mean even with oh, when you talked about ukraine israel and uh, who is the real enemy well you can either side with the left who think ukraine and palestine or hamas are the good guys and then if you want to side with republicans well they believe the russians and the israelis are the good guys <laughs> so even there even on something uh like sim maybe simpler like this you, even there you cannot like you know pick a politician who you can right. fully support well first of all i would bet dollars to peanuts that if you really looked into this guy you'd find out that he's not much of a free market supporter that would be that that would be my bet uh, what's called free market supporters and what actually are are often very different. But the fact that he, like you said, he's opposed to homosexuality. This is another problem that that the situation brings up. Oh, is that just, uh, if I can quote uh, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, he said we are going after gays next. I okay. think something like that was specifically what he said. Okay. Well, the points to religiosity. And a big part of the support for Israel among conservatives in this country is that they're Christians and they believe that, well, the the Holy Land was meant for the Jews. God gave it to them and therefore we have to defend them. The problem with that line of argument, well, for first of all, it's ridiculous and it's not true. There's there's no God. He's not he's not a real estate agent. But what's the difference if you're going to get into that argument, if you're going to say, well, God promised the land to the Jews, right? The Muslim comes along and says, no, God gave the land to the Muslims. Well, how the, how the hell are you ever going to resolve that argument? You end not up even, with a bunch not of... even that the land was given to Muslims. Uh, what uh, I, I think Prophet Muhammad said it specifically that until the there is there are like Jews around you, like m- Muslims like cannot exist or, or I, I can't remember it exactly. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's certainly inconsistencies in the Quran about whether to... Uh, it, it, how you're going to relate to other religions. But the whole point I'm getting at is it's fiction. And once you're going to use fiction as the base of your argument, there's no way to win it. The problem is, is that Israel also is a mixed case. Now, I pointed out earlier the, the religious barbarity of Hamas, but Israel itself is a mixture of a secular state in a religious state, right? There's plenty of people in Israel that are Jews that believe that the land was promised to them by God. And that's just not a way to make an argument because there's no way to win it. You're not dealing with reason any any longer. Now, there's the, the argument that I've heard people of our ilk making is that the the you know the uh, Israel is basically a, a enlightenment based country, you know, reason, freedom, individual rights, and to a large extent they are, but they're also uh, uh, very mixed. And that's part of the problem with this in, entire situation, the entire world, much of our politics is that everybody's mixed and it makes it very difficult often to say, who should I side with? That's not to say, let me be clear that it's difficult to, for me to decide between Israel and Hamas, but that's because of the extreme evil of Hamas makes it clear. But most situations aren't that clear, especially in politics, and it just makes it very difficult to navigate. 
Yeah, I think that's why you should never really fall into this tribalism that I've seen even some objectivists fall to that uh -oh. just because Democrats are bad, automatically we should support Republicans. There are not many on the opposite side uh, that say, you know, Republicans are so bad, we should support Democrats, whatever. But you really have to, I think, decide on a bit more case by case basis. That doesn't mean like not be principled. Uh, but like, look at the, if you're talking about specific politicians, look at the actual policy they support, not the party they are behind. Or even when you talk about uh, yeah, nations, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not saying, uh, you know, Ukraine or Israel are uh, the capitalist dream nations, but you can, oh, you can clearly see that Russia and uh, and Hamas or even Palestine are are bad. I mean, how I I, I cannot see why. And I, I I've been listening to a lot of uh, uh, if you know streamer Destiny, maybe. No. Uh, he's been doing a lot of research on basically when the war started. He start he was like supportive of Israel a little bit. Uh, and then he like started doing a, a lot of research and he's like a leftist guy. And the more research he does, the more he is like supportive of Israel. Uh, so I've seen a lot of debates of him and some of the leftist guy who support uh, Hamas or Palestine. And a lot of it is uh, like going back 70 years to like justify why it's okay anything Hamas does. Just because the borders look different 70 years ago, Hamas has a justification to just do whatever. Which, in my view, they clearly don't. But I don't I don't buy into the whole Israel was an oppressor nation from the start anyway. But back to what you said about, you know, you have objectivists who say support the right, support the right. I would question whether such people are objectivists anyways. But the, the the thing is, is that when you get into discussions with a lot of people the, the, of that viewpoint, they'll say, well, the left is so bad, we have to support the right, which is basically a lesser of two evils argument. And I'm not going to begrudge anybody that votes for Donald Trump because they think he's the lesser of two evils. These are difficult choices to make. I wouldn't personally do it, but I get it. But quickly what ends up happening is they'll go from saying you have to support the lesser of two evils to defending everything Donald Trump says and does. And so it, it, it's not really that they're supporting the lesser of two evils. They actually support Trump. And some people will go so far as to claim like Trump is a exemplar of uh, objectivism or he could have been an Ayn Rand hero. That's absolutely absurd. But I think it, it, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about of mixed cases. And if you have somebody that's of a mixed philosophy claiming to be an objectivist, well, then they can easily support Donald Trump and say, well, he's an objectivist too. Uh, just quickly, let me thank Jonathan. Thank you so much for your super chat. Thank you, Bonnie. She's been supporting us every day so far. So uh, for a while now. So thank you so much. And also thank you, uh, Wes, I, I see a lot of uh, comments in the chat. Just quickly, uh, let me comment on that. Someone commented, Destiny is a leftist, but he debated Marxist Richard Wolf. Well, he would like classic. He's like a big, like a, he's a big time capitalist. Uh, so he like 
if you wanted to classify him, he would be like a social democrat. So like someone who still supports capitalism, but like believes there is like a role for the state in it. So just to comment on that. Um, so we are running out of time. Uh, anything else you'd like to say, Michael, about this whole topic? We talked about many just things. that uh, Hamas is an evil organization, whether their leaders are raking in billions or not. And I guess they are. So they're probably doubly evil because they're not only wanting to kill Jews, but they're also ripping off their own people. So I'd say that's, you know, a very horrible thing. And I, I think that all in all, we should lend our moral support to Israel, whether it goes beyond that. I think that should be up to each individual to decide, but I, well, it's ultimately everything's up to each individual, but I think it should be unequivocal that we morally back Israel in their fight for survival against religious barbarians. Yeah, and Israel definitely needs all the moral support uh, it can get, especially since they don't have the moral confidence to actually crush, crush Hamas. I mean, like I said, we had it in the news. They just announced that they would have a a, a humanitarian pause for four hours every day. Uh, so we, uh, let me quickly thank uh, Enric for your super chat. And I'm putting in the chat, we have a reality show coming up in about five minutes. I believe Michael's going to be on. I will be. But maybe and, you shouldn't have said that. They might tune out. <laughs> no, I, I'm, after this conversation, I believe everyone <laughs> will go there. Uh, so thank you, Michael, for today. And thank we'll you. see everyone in a couple of minutes. Bye-bye. Beautiful.